Today is a tough one. Today on the show, I have Debbie Fritchley. Her husband, Steve, just couldn't uh, make it today. Understandable. Their son, Eli, at the age of 12, died by suicide in November of this year as a result of bullying. So this show is having a conversation with Debbie about her son, about the situation, and um, shining a light on the ultimate consequence of bullying. What a, what a thing to go through. What a thing to go through. Anyway, it's so important, and I do hope that you share this episode. Thank you for tuning in. And this morning, we are having a show that I have not been looking forward to for because of the content. Um, Debbie, thank you so much for the incredible courage to be here today. It's, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad that I'm here. Well, I am too. It's, it could save lives, the conversation that we're about to have. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> Tell me about Eli. Oh, goodness. Where do I start? That child. Um, from the minute he could walk and talk, we kind of knew that he was special. He was very sensitive. Uh, always had these little quirks, things that he liked, you know, extra layers of clothing, extra change of clothing, um, taking his uh, little bag, pull bag with toys in if he went anywhere. Um, but really loving, super loving. Um total animal fan he has this uh chihuahua lily who i rescued when he was two um and he's been carrying her around for literally 10 years um she's missing him like crazy right now but he was such an animal lover um and he has so many friends i don't think he realized you know he just had so many friends and he was so much fun I'm seeing his TikToks coming through where he's dancing and laughing. Um, just just a really, really precious soul. Absolutely. There's no other way to describe him. Just precious. Absolutely precious. <sighs> just Eli. I mean, anyone who knew him, they knew him. He, he's just awesome. Really is. Did you have any clue that he was being bullied at school? Uh, he had come to us um, and he'd said some things like, you know, with the little uh, like being gay, going to hell thing. And, but he used to laugh it off and tell them, you know, it's fine. You know, it's pretty toasty or, or whatever. Just make jokes out of it. Um, but we didn't really realize how deep it was going. Um, and then Thanksgiving break, he did come up to me and tell me a few things. We had a whole conversation and I told him that's not acceptable. I'll come in after the break and we'll talk. So we, I did know, but I didn't know the extent of it or I, or I didn't know how much it was affecting him because he kind of didn't show me how much it was affecting him. Um, and that's what really gets me is that even just the first little sign, we should have acted on it because you don't know how bad it actually is. <sighs> Hindsight's a wonderful thing. 
It really is. How long ago now did Eli Eli take his life? November the 28th. It's it's too long. I, I can't even keep track of the days because, to be honest, I don't even know what day it is today. Um, with Christmas coming, it's making it even more unbearable. Just the fact, you know, that we have his, we had Christmas gifts for him that are under the tree with everybody else's. Um, so, yeah, November the 28th, uh, precisely... I called uh I called nine one one at ten fifteen. Ten fourteen. November the twenty eighth. Has the do we know which family it was that uh was mostly involved in, in the bullying and has there been any communication with them? Absolutely. Well, <laughs> From the moment this happened, the schools have reached out to us. Um, one, the headmistress in particular, um, has just been amazing. Um, it's it's really really affected him. He's he's doing so much to go back and look at what happened. Um, when the children in the school had counselling, there were names given. Um, so I think after Christmas break, when everything has been pulled together, there will be some consequences. Um, there will be something happening but we've said right from the very beginning punishment is not gonna it what's the point in anger what's the point in anger you know um it's not going to bring him back the only thing that we can do is learn get the parents of these children to learn get the other parents in the schools to learn the signs of bullying the signs of a child who's ready to end their life because we didn't see those signs um, and education, just absolutely just push education. Um, we don't want anything severe to happen to these children because I honestly believe that when they're older and they look at their babies, they will know what they did. And, and that's enough for me. That's enough for me right now. It's so critical for people to understand and why bullying happens and who bullies are. Most people don't understand that bullies are actually very wounded people. Absolutely. Uh, Bullies bully for a reason. You only try to tear somebody else down if you are feeling like you are nothing. So to keep you from feeling like nothing, you try to find somebody that you can treat as less than what you believe you are. Absolutely. And and that's why we've never viewed these children as the enemy, because they're not the enemy. No, they're not. They were children that have made stupid decisions, and they've done some things that afterwards that are pretty heartless. But when they're in a group of friends and they're in with their peers, they just think that nothing's a problem. I think they think that it's not real. It's not real. But it is real. Eli is real. Um so our goal is just to get into the schools and work with the schools um, to educate because in Bedford County where we live, when we were looking to where to donate funds from his funeral, there was nothing. There was no anti-bullying. There was no victim support. There was nothing in Bedford County. And we sat with the funeral director in the funeral home and we just said, we'll do it ourselves. We'll, we'll take the GoFundMe that our friends set up and we'll do it ourselves. And that's why the GoFundMe um, 
we've just been blown away with the GoFundMe and the amount of love that people are showing us. But that money is going to save lives. And Eli did that. Eli has done that. Earlier, you had mentioned, um, and, and I wasn't aware, was Eli gay? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. He, he, and that was the source of the um, bullying? It, it wasn't so much the whole source of it. Mm-hmm. Um, there were other things. Um, like Elias would, he had this one SpongeBob shirt. Um, and for a good couple of years now, Eli's been doing his own laundry. Uh, this kid's bedroom is immaculate. Um, he would come in from school, get changed, put his laundry on, uh, dry his laundry and take it back upstairs. And he would wear the same SpongeBob shirt. But all he ever smelt of was soap powder because he was just, he was laundry mad. So I think that also the fact that he had on that same SpongeBob shirt daily, that kind of played into it as well. Anything that sticks um, out a kid, uh, the kids absolutely. will, they'll lock yeah. onto it. Anything that sticks out. Yeah. He did get a lot of, um, he did get called, um, I don't really want to say it online, but he did get the derogatory gay slur mm. um, that we just don't use anymore. Sure. Um, Starts with an app probably. Quite a lot. Yep. And yeah, I did terrible. speak to the school on one occasion that he got that and they dealt with it. Um, and I didn't realize that they were still calling him that. Um, yeah. They would tell him because he was gay, he was going to hell. Uh, you know, that God, he, it was just, it, like you said, they pick something and they focus on it and they just home in on it. And that's what they did. Is I it- don't actually think it would have mattered if he was not gay. They would have still focused on something else i mean when i was 12 i could absolutely see people saying things like that about somebody that was gay and nobody would be out of the mm-hmm. closet in 1982 <laughs> like nobody oh, I, no I way in I hell remember. but um yeah. uh yeah. i am unpleasantly I mean, shocked that that's still happening in today's society yeah. those types of comments well, it, it wasn't made. all bad he had such a good group of friends who um some of the things that they told us, we, we got his friends to, we asked anybody if they wanted to speak at his funeral and they did him so proud. And they had us laughing about the things that he did and the way that he was, um, you know, and he was in band, he played trombone. So we had some of the band come. And if these kids could just realize how much they're loved, he had so many people, so many people at his visitation and his funeral that would have... Oh my gosh, he was so loved, but they just don't see it. They just don't see it. Well, the the bullying overtook it. It overshadowed mm-hmm. it, and yeah, um, and it's all he could see because of of how much it hurt him. Yeah, I mean, he would he would come. He was, I mean, he loved his family. Don't get me wrong, but he's definitely a mummy's boy. He would uh, he would come to me on a night, and he'd give me a hug, and he'd say, "Thanks, mum." And I'd say, thanks for what? And he'd say, thanks for for loving me. Oh, my baby, of course I'm going to love you. And I used to tell him it's you and me against the world. It's always going to be you and me against the world. So the fact that he couldn't even, on that last night, because he'd literally just come downstairs and grabbed his laundry and gone upstairs. Um, He was supposed to be going to a doctor's appointment on the Monday morning but my car's been playing up and I didn't want to drive an hour. So I said I'd reschedule. And he was a little bit upset, but he just went upstairs. And then 
it was it was then that I, like after that time and I went to bed when I found him um but I used to tell him you know you don't have to thank me for loving you because I'm always going to love you but he just even that even that close relationship we had and it was very very close we talked about everything he couldn't tell me how he really felt and that is heartbreaking absolutely heartbreaking Moving forward, um, are you creating a foundation of some sort? Oh, yeah, we've we've already, I think the GoFundMe was up to uh, our friends at one of the local sports bars that we go to. Um, she set up a GoFundMe, but we immediately said we don't we don't want anything. We don't you know, we don't need any money. So we used that. We said we were going to use that for the fund. So we opened up an account um we called it the Elias Fritchley Foundation. Uh, when we do transfer, I think we've, I think we're up at like forty six thousand, maybe just under forty seven thousand. We're going to work with um, a charity, I believe, called Stand for the Silent, who go into schools and empower children with regards to bullying and keeping an eye on each other, teaches them to look after each other. Um, so hopefully, after Christmas, when we get Christmas done. Um, and we're feeling a little bit stronger because talking about everything is okay right now. But when we actually go to do it, like the whole reason Steve Cat, he, he was so looking forward to talking to you. But then we have to, when we do this, we have to realize that Eli's not coming back. And it's very difficult. So um, that fund, we're going to, we don't know what it's going to look like. We just know that something's in place and something's going to happen um it's going to take a little while to get off the ground but it's going to be worth it we're going to save some ch- we're going to save somebody else's child it's I'm certain of it probably the best way i know of with the work that i do from the perspective that i have it's probably the best thing you could possibly do to process the grief to process Absolutely. the loss the um yeah. having a sense of purpose and mission is yeah. incredible and and the more you talk about Eli and the more oh. you do that the it it helps you process the grief Absolutely. yeah you know and, and we we talk about him all the time we're yeah. always joking about things he did or things he'd be annoyed at or just his brothers just all the time his his name is mentioned all the time so and that's one thing we make sure that we do so that's that's uh, that's important to us. What message do you have for parents to be vigilant about what's going on with their kids? You've kind of got to break it into separate sections. Um, for the parent whose child they think might be getting bullied, even if you think just that one percent chance that something happened and your child might be getting bullied. Talk, talking to them's okay. I mean, I talked to Eli all the time. We, we both did. Um, it's following up on it. Go to the schools. Ask the schools to check, keep an eye on them. Um, if we'd have done that, if we'd have been more hypervigilant with regards to what was going on, he may still be here. I know we can't do what ifs, but talk to your children and keep an eye out because what they're telling you may not be real may not be really what's happening. Um, to the parents 
whose children might be a little bit more on the bullying side, nobody thinks their child's going to be a bully. Um, I know for a fact that some of the parents have said that that's not my child. It is your child because when they get in a group of friends, they don't even they don't even think they they just don't think. Um, so all the love that you show them and all the understanding of who they are, you've got to also help them understand who other people are. Um, and you've got to keep an eye on them and let them know that it's not acceptable. Even if they think it's a joke, it's not acceptable. So really, it's just, again, education, education for everybody with regards to bullying. Um, and also, I didn't know Eli was suicidal. He'd said some things that looking back may have been red flags. But I have no idea. Just you've got to just keep an eye on them. Well, there's a cognitive um, dissonance just, there. It's not the type of thing that you expect. No, not from a 12-year-old. God, no. Not at all. Um, if you have to think the worst to save them, then think the worst. And if you have to take them to the doctors and they're embarrassed because it's not what's really happening, so so what? At least they'll still be here. Um, and and, and I, wish, I wish we'd done that. I really wish we'd done that. And I would suggest and encourage your children to feel out loud. Let them Let them feel out loud without any judgment uh, so that they can always just tell you what they're thinking and what they're feeling and know that it can happen to you because it did. Oh, that's the main thing that we keep saying is this happens to other people, doesn't happen to you. That's not true. That's one of the biggest lies that's that's out there it will it can happen to you because it happened to us and my life my world's just shattered um of course my world is shattered and probably will be for a while it's gonna it's a it's a long ugly process yeah absolutely debbie thank you for being here today oh you're more than welcome thank you so much for having us I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you and your incredible courage. And please stay on the line. We have some things to talk about. Will do. Thank you. You're listening to Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast.